You're not alone when it comes to trying new shiny diets, each one promising to make you feel incredible until you realize it's making you feel hungry and deprived and damaging your confidence a little more than the last diet you tried. Hello and thank you so much for tuning in to the Anti-Diet Podcast Show, a podcast on a mission to help you break free from yo-yo dieting and equip you with evidence-based advice so you can feel more confidence in yourself without ever feeling deprived. I'm Farah Karamburi, a deep health practitioner practitioner, an author, a keynote speaker, and the founder of the 30-Day Anti-Diet Challenge. Each episode is created to help you take one step forward in your weight loss journey without being on a diet. Each day, I will bring you a wealth of knowledge about how you can lose weight without being on a diet. And each week, I'm going to be joined by a guest or a client that's going to give us the insights and the expert advice in the world of well-being. So together, we can learn from real-life trial and triumphs. Just preparing again. Okay, welcome to the Anti-Diet Insight with Farah Kamburi. I'm your host, a deep health practitioner, keynote speaker, and a creator of 30-Day Anti-Diet Challenge, the professional women's and no BS way to improving your health. And we have our expert guest today, and she's called Anne Arkey. Anne, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Um, and tell us what you do. So I'm a weight loss and healthy lifestyle coach. Uh, mm-hmm. I help people who struggle with their weight and are frustrated, feel guilty, annoyed with themselves um, to gain energy, confidence and self-esteem. Amazing. And how long have you been doing this, Anne? Uh, nearly 11 years now. Oh, my goodness. Now, I know there's always a, a transformation story here. And, and that's what attracts me to you, I guess. And I look out for people like yourself. So why did you get into this? How, why, why did you start helping others? Was so, it because of your own need? Yeah, probably. I've, I've always been as a kid or, or I always enjoyed sports. Um, my dad's a doctor, so I, I always like to know how the human body was working. Um, he, always, he still thinks I would do a, a, be a good doctor, but hey, hey, a bit late. <laughs> um, oh, well, you're still, still helping people to live long lives as a result of what you're doing, aren't you? Thing, yeah. yeah. So, um, but then I, I got into the corporate world. Mm-hmm. And um, I what, were you, what were you doing there? I was in IT security. So, okay. Um, wow. Okay. I was traveling a lot. I was uh, entertaining clients. I, yeah, I was working, I'd say day, night, weekends, holidays. Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) So we all go through that stage of full, full burnout before we, before we make a change. Yeah. And and I really struggled to lead a healthy lifestyle. So I grew up in a house and, you know, my parents were very healthy, Mm. uh, healthy food. We used to exercise regularly. So it's not that it's something that was strange to me. Okay. But once, you know, I, I got into the corporate world, I just had no idea how to make it happen for me. And with it, obviously, uh, I, I gained quite a bit of weight. Uh, I, I probably never was obese like, you know, uh, someone would say, oh, but you were nothing compared to what I am. But for me personally, exactly, I didn't feel happy myself uh, it did affect my confidence and self-esteem so I had to make up for it with you know uh, other things like uh, bringing sweets to other people to make me feel better about oh I see okay um and and you know it it just I felt sluggish tired all the time and I just didn't know how to do it. And when I spoke to people, you know, like a personal trainer or my GP, and I said, you know, how, you know, I'm I'm overweight, I don't know what to do. And it was, well, this is a diet, follow it, or it's not good enough. Uh. And it made me feel even worse because, you know, that got me to a point where like, I felt like a failure. Um, and you know, I, I consider myself as a, a intelligent and successful person, 
And it just was that fight all the time. And I, why can I be successful at work when I can't be successful at something that, you know. That's a really good point, actually. Really, really good point. Because you look for success in all areas of your life if you generally are a successful person at work. And when you've come across something that is out of your control, you really feel like, how do I get there? And you get more and more frustrated with it, with following the different types of diets. Totally. And, and so, you know, I even had a chat with a friend of mine who's a personal trainer and he was like, treat your body as a temple. And I'm just like, okay, so I travel a lot. I entertain clients. What do I do? You know, temple, what does that look like in real terms? Yeah. And, and no one could, you know, explain to me what, what it meant. And it got really frustrating. I said, there must be another way. So how long were you in this kind of turmoil for? Um, probably about six, seven, maybe more, eight years for sure. Oh, okay. So eight years, you were doing lots and lots of work, many, many hours of it, and then burning out, but starting to seek solution, but not getting anywhere with it. Yeah. Speaking That's to the experts, thinking that you are speaking to the experts, but still no solution fitted your uh, unique style. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Carry on. And maybe it was more than eight years, but let's say eight years. And yeah. Then, you know, I started looking for other ways. So Somehow, uh, I tore the ligaments in the knee on a oh, gosh. Fun, fun day out with work. And um, as I was doing the rehab, I'm like, oh, um, let's find a personal training course that, you know, I can combine with work. So it took me three years to qualify. Um, and then nearly 11 years ago, the company, well, 11 years ago, the company I, I worked for got acquired by another company. And just didn't enjoy going to work anymore oh, okay but you know what this is my opportunity to say for i think i i'll enjoy doing i will enjoy doing and in the meantime i had made some changes to my eating habits they weren't amazing you know but it was still better than it was you start to think about it and take some action as a result of your ligaments being torn Yes. So that was your pivotal point really. It was yeah. and, and also uh, a friend's wedding where i saw pictures ah. Me. and I'm just like oh my god I can't believe oh, oh so you were at the wedding yeah. okay got you so you saw a picture of you at a friend's wedding okay yeah. how did and you feel when you saw that uh, it was awful I still really? look at it and I'm like is that really? me yeah. and was that like a wake-up call a little bit it was it yeah. definitely was um and I said I have to do something mm. yeah. wow what so you did the so while you did you say when you were rehabbing was it quite a long rehab for your Probably was longer than it should take in the sense that, um, again, you know, I now I know that it could have been much faster because mm, the fitness uh, wasn't there. But I was so um, disappointed with myself and annoyed with myself that I did the strict minimum, but I could have definitely done more and, and better. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you did the personal training course while being on rehab. This yeah. is your first introduction into the health and well-being sector. Yeah. So what happened after that? Did you? How, how did you give up corporate? That's a story in itself, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it was actually quite easy because okay. um, you know the company I worked for got acquired. Uh, the atmosphere was awful. I at the time I looked for a similar job, but I couldn't find anything that was exciting enough. And then um, the VP of sales said to me, he said something along the lines of, um, we'll, we'll be happy if you stay, but we'll understand if you decide to leave. Oh, oh that's a very clear message right there. <laughs> that's my sign of, of yeah. uh, New Year's Eve 2009, 2010. Yeah. I sent an email to my boss and I said, Happy New Year, I'm off. And uh, that was it. So that February was the end of that. I started my own business. And um, obviously, I started as a personal trainer. Yeah. I realized that the people I enjoyed working with were the people that struggled with the same things that I struggled with. Yeah. Um, I added nutrition to the mix. But even then, with, you know, the training and the nutrition, which is what, you know, is the common way of thinking of, you know, eat less, move more. 
I realized that even then my clients weren't doing what I asked them to do. So there's more to it, isn't there? Yeah. So I realized that there's more to it and we have to look at it in a holistic way. Um, And that's how I, over time, developed uh, my own system of my five steps, which is a holistic way of looking at at weight. I absolutely love it. And, and, And then this is why I think I... Uh, found you on LinkedIn is because I'm looking at your posts thinking I so resonate with this lady how she's teaching and her her posts are very inspiring I exactly talk about I have a I have a six system play uh, like a wheel and I talk about the environment and I talk about the mental health and I talk about the mood and the meaning of life not just moving and eating because yes those two are definitely going to set you give you a star but then there's other things that really influence influences your goals and how you how you can keep them going is the environment and everything else that's really important so I'm really keen to hear you developed a five um, system approach to help your client tell us about that how do you help them with that so before you start with the five uh, steps I think it's important to really find your why what is motivating you for making it happen because you know we all uh, uh, the amount of people that say come to me and say, I don't have any willpower, I need help. I know. Well, none of us have a no. fine, you know, an infinite you know, amount of, of willpower that just doesn't exist. Um, we, we all need a motivator, something that really does it for us. And for me, it was, you know, that picture was one of them. Ah, fantastic. Yeah. So that's your example for them. Yeah. Definitely. And, and also the fact that, you know, I, there were things that I couldn't do that I wanted to do. Um, So it really limited me in a way. And I just needed and wanted a change. But once you've got that, you absolutely have to look at your mindset, your habits, obviously your nutrition and your exercise but also your sleep and your stress levels. 100%. Which are things that, you know, people just don't think. I mean, most people who give me a call and say, how can I, you know, what kind of diet are you going to give me? Yeah. It's not about a diet. Any diet will work. 100%, yeah. Stick to it, it will work. Obviously, there's, you know, healthier diets and less. Yeah. But... Every diet will work because it is based on the fact that you're going to restrict the amount of calories. calories. Add some exercise and it's even better. Question is, why can't you do it? Yeah, that's the question. And why is it there's so little, so few people in the UK actually do exercise? Why do you think that is? Are they waiting for motivation to knock on the door? Because it's not going to happen. Some of it is that, but also... I think, I mean, the first thing that I used to think when it was about exercise is, oh, I need to go to the gym. Mm. The gym is not right for most people. Even mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not a gym bunny at all. You know, mm-hmm. I do go once or twice a week. Um, but there's so many other ways of being active. And, and most people think of exercise as going to the gym. Mm. And that puts them right off. So they don't actually look into are there so many other ways of actually moving your body? It actually could be dancing, couldn't you, in your house? It's still the same thing, yeah. When I had a client who came to me talking about dancing and she hated every, I could see she hated every minute of her sessions. And, you know, at some point after a few weeks, she said, oh, I don't want to do this exercise and that exercise. I'm like, okay, you know what? I can see it's not going to work. What do you enjoy doing? What would you like to do exercise-wise? Because something you have to do. And she said, I would love to go ballroom dancing. And up until, you know, lockdown, she went ballroom dancing three times a week. And oh, my goodness. She just loves it. Who cares what you're doing? Exactly. That's such an important point. And I hope the audience listening to this really resonate with this. You don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to jump around if that's not what you want to do. The hit training, all these fancy words that have come out have actually put lots of people off and also of certain generation as well. Would you agree? Because I think people, uh, you know, in their 40s, 50s, they're not confident going to the gym. They don't know what to do with it. And the, the way the gyms are set up is no one's helping you. 
Oh unless God. you unless you book some personal training sessions, you're on your own. And then if you look silly using a machine, that's it. Your confidence is gone. Yeah. Now you're never going to come back. Or if you've joined with a friend and they've let you down, you're not going to go. So you're relying on external sources to fulfill that. And then you leave it. And then you think I tried and didn't happen. And you don't and you don't go back into it when actually you can walk, you can run, you can do so many other things. And this ballroom example is fantastic. Mm. Not only is it moving the body, but it's actually making it happy. The dopamines and all the hormones are being released. Yeah. How is she doing now? Is she doing good? Yeah, obviously, you know, lockdown has put yeah. a stop to that. But yeah, she's loving it. Amazing. Okay, so tell us about the other parts of your system. So obviously, the mindset is one of the things that we really have to think about. And the first bit, I would say, is knowing that it's okay to put yourself first. And accepting that because one, you know, especially as women, mm, very important point. This is we feel that we have to put everything and everyone first and we come last. Taking care of yourself is not being selfish because the ripple effect it has on everything you do, but also everyone around you is massive. That's the first thing. But you also have to think of, you know, if you've tried many different diets and stuff like that, you've got that fear of failure. You've got the fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. you know, who am I going to become? Because when you make a change, you are going to be a different person. Mm. And that, I think, was one of the things that held me back a lot and still holding me back once in a while. Mm. Um, from you know going to that next level that I would like to go to because we are comfortable in our own skin that we're in and we don't want to change we are but also it's about you know how will other perceived change as well yeah now be your family but also your friends I used to be a person so I, I play golf and I you know after a round of golf I used to order two pieces of cake um, thinking you know we're going to share with everyone and everyone's going to take a piece and all that kind of stuff and eventually I ended up eating most of it but when I changed I suddenly stopped ordering two pieces of cake and people started looking at me like what's what she doing? What yeah. doing are you sure you don't want some cake and you know that pressure is something that you need to be ready for to stand up for what you're trying to achieve. And that's one of the things that I see often is. That's a really good point, actually. It's a very, mm -hmm. That's a really deep point that we missed out so easily. But you're yeah. absolutely right. This is real stuff happening. When you've decided to make a change, other people will try and give you more food. Yeah. Or, or they, you know, they, they, they just won't understand that you're yeah. choosing. And so it's a communication. It's because we haven't perhaps told them. Because normally when we lose weight, we do it in secret. Yeah. Because we worry that if we tell someone and then it's not happening, they're going to yes. judge us and we're going to come across maybe a failure or they might say, not again. What yeah. are you trying this time? What? You tried that last time. That didn't work. What are you doing this for? Waste of money, waste of your time. You're fine the way you are. All of those things from outside. I talk about this actually in my lives in the morning. Like it's so important to actually have your own agenda and taking away some of that toxic environment because part of, part of your health and well-being is environment. And if in your environment, there's people that are not lifting you up and bringing you down even maybe because they're quite like the way you are because they're scared when you change what's going to happen especially uh, a female, if she makes a change, oh my God, you know what, she's going to suddenly become very popular or a very, very good point. That's really deep. And um, one that I have maybe thought about, but not in this much detail that you've just described. Yeah. Carry on. So, you know, there's lots of things when it comes to mindset mm. um, that needs to be reviewed and assessed and, and, you know, taught off and making sure that you're in the right place to go through with what you're going to do. Then there are the habits. Step two for me is the habits. And that's kind of all your environment. And it's one of those things that we never think of when we start, um, you know, going on a diet is what good habits do I have? What bad habits do I have? But also what are the habits that I don't have yet? that I need to, you know, acquire to get me to my goal. 
because most of the people say I need to stop doing this or I need to stop eating that or, yeah it's all about the bad habits when I ask someone you know what are your good habits they're like oh I don't know we all have already good habits yes definitely emphasizing those and then thinking about the habits that we don't have yet the only thing that we need to, we we doing when we're going on a diet is trying to beat those bad habits. It's not going to happen. No, that's why they fail, huh? In the diets. If you, when you start diet, positive ones and the, and building the ones that you don't have yet, the other ones are going to be up, up, you know, obsolete at some point. Hmm. So stop worrying about those, but set your environment right internally with the mindset and externally with your habits and then the nutrition and exercise will happen by you know i wouldn't say by itself you still have to you know eat right, that. understand more about nutrition um and find out what foods work for you and what foods don't work for you i mean someone says to me you know i, I didn't grow i love this yeah but, you know um everyone was telling me porridge is the best breakfast you can have well, when I have porridge, I'm hungry an hour later. And I'm like, I can't be. It keeps me going till lunchtime. I'm like, doesn't do it for me, sorry. You know, so it's really about finding what works for you, what doesn't work for you, what makes you tired. With age, things change as well in realizing that, you know, as you go, especially as women in perimenopause or menopause, you know, your body is going to react to food differently because your hormones are automatically you're naturally changing and to talk a little bit more about that actually um the the females that are listening to this in in terms of perimenopause how do they how do one prepare themselves for that i don't think you can prepare yourself because you don't know actually you don't really know when it's happening yeah yeah this is a, it's a very gray area isn't it it is a very gray area and for some it's earlier for some it's later uh, for some, it comes with lots of symptoms. For others, it comes with no symptoms at all. So it's hard to prepare yourself. Mm. But once you see the signs, it's about, okay, I'm going through some changes. Mm -hmm. Let's review what I'm currently doing because you have to change with those changes. You mm. can't do the same thing when your body is doing something else. I mean, it's the same, you know, if you go back as a child, you could eat you anything up. you wanted, yeah. Well, once you eat anything, you grow up because you're much more active. But also, as you grow, you eat more, you eat different things. You know, we don't keep on eating, you know, uh, whatever, baby baby but, food. Yeah, exactly. As we grow. So there's no reason why, as we move forward, we should, you know, continue and do the same things as well we do become more, um, you know, insulin sensitive. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say resistant, but sensitive. sensitive. So we have to, you know, review the amount of carbs that we're eating. Uh, uh, I'm never going to say cut them out. Yes, 100%. Um, but, you know, look at the balance. Make sure, actually, you have enough uh, sources of healthy fats, which is one of the things that, we often forget about. Yes, you're absolutely correct. Fats, especially as we're going through the menopause, it's one of those things that we absolutely have to stop and review what we're doing. But then coming to sleep and stress, that's another very important part of going through the menopause, which mm. is one of the steps in my, in, in my system as well. And the same with exercise. If you've done you know, uh, high intensity exercise up until now, you need to reduce that a little bit, that intensity a little bit because it stresses your body out too much. Mm. So there's lots of, you know, changes to do, not massive ones. But slowly and as and when things happen, yeah. be curious about your own body. But that comes from giving yourself some time, first and foremost. If you're so absorbed in everybody else's problems and think that it's your responsibility to do everything in the house, as a female in particular, then you'll miss out some of these things. And the, by the time you find yourself, you're 20 pounds overweight, 30 pounds overweight, and then you realize, oh, my God, you know, what have I, what's happened to me? Am I peri? I passed the peri into menopause and don't even know you know, what's actually happened, my sleep, I haven't slept in five years for, you know, in, in, 
throughout the night what's happened there so so many things to consider but number one thing is to give yourself that time every day to realize what actually is going on with you right now yeah. and building the habit so you, when you go into the perimenopausal and that stage you've already created a some kind of a self-care routine yeah very important and one of the things we can't forget is you know throughout life we're going to go through life stages mm. um suddenly being an empty nester or, or you know going through something major like divorce or or you know grief or grievance yeah yeah, yeah. Like loss of some kind loss of some kind loss yeah of job or all these these events are major events and at those stages obviously we have to go through them but we have to stop and say is what i'm doing still helping me you know stay how i am helping me achieve my goal um, or, or serving me. And if not, we just have to make changes. And it's one of those things, it's really about taking time out. I was talking this morning, I was doing my live stream and um, I, I mentioned the fact that, you know, when you run a business, you have to work on your business, on your business plan, on your marketing plan, on your financial plan. You take time out to work on your business. Yeah. A painter, you know, before they start painting, they think of their composition, they think Canvas, of the quality, yeah. about, you know, all the other bits and pieces that go into a painting. We project me. First and foremost, the foundations of build the foundation. Yeah. yeah. Build your plan. And, and, that, and plan for your self-care. It doesn't matter what stage you're at. Just begin with that. And even if it's just five minutes a day. Absolutely. And this is quite an important point because people think you need hours. When I say self-care, people think lying in a bath with candles. It's not necessarily that, is it? No. It can just be leaving the family aside and just take five minutes for yourself to read a book, listen to some music, just make a phone call to a friend, go for a walk for five minutes, whatever it is, five minutes, take time for yourself. Obviously, if you've got more time, great. But if not, just those five minutes, you know you've done something for yourself. And that five minutes will create that little bit of leeway in your mind, isn't it? And that brain is going to have that relaxation because you're out in the nature maybe or without any stressful. To, yeah. So you can take on more stress because stress doesn't stop coming, does it? Like you said, there's going to be major events in your life. How will you deal with what's coming your way if you don't have a foundation to deal with? Yeah. A really good point, actually. So build your foundation first. And that's where, you know, stress is one of those things that we need to look at. And I know lots of people that don't even realize they're stressed. Mm. They don't realize they live because they're so used to it. And it's the same with sleep. You know, when you... The you sleep is shocking I, my, most of my clients uh are in their maybe 40s 50s they wake up at two in the morning mm. it's now become a habit yeah and, and then they don't even realize that they can sleep and it's one of those things where you know again review your bedtime routine review you know uh, the temperature in your room review how long you're sleeping over time it does affect it beat your immune system, obviously your hormones, uh, and and your weight as well. Your weight, yeah, weight's a big factor. The sleep is, isn't it? So now, now you look at diets and and then things like slimming clubs. Yeah, it's not the same thing, is it? It's not a holistic approach into, and this is why I'm a, such an anti-diet uh, activist because I think I think with it's damaging women more. I don't know what your views on this thing because if you're queuing up to step on a scale to be shamed or named, depending on how you, much loss have you made, got on the scale for that week, what mindset are you coming with versus looking at your rest of your environment, your habit changes? Yeah. So you, you literally are going, I, I've seen them going to the toilet. So yeah. th this is a story that I tell my clients. Mm -hmm. Most of my clients have gone, done a club of some kind. So they, they, I came out, I was training some clients, I came out and there was a massive queue going into this hall. And I didn't know what this was. Oh, sorry, going into the toilet. And I needed the toilet. I'm like, why is every woman needing a toilet right now? It's so odd. So I went to receptionist and I said, what's going on here today? And she said, oh, they're about to be weighed. And I, I just, it blew my mind. And I thought, 
I can't, I cannot take part in this. I can't encourage it. I know what they're doing is they're helping people to lose weight, but this, the, the, the way they're doing it, it made me really infuriated because those women going to the toilet and believing in the loss of one pound or 500 grams as a result of going to the toilet isn't, isn't right way of living a lifestyle. Oh. What's your view on that? Uh, you know, you have to think about it as well is, you know, when you have lost those half a pound or a pound or maybe two pounds if you're lucky, what do you do then? How do you react to that? Um, uh, my, my clients have told me they used to go and celebrate, go straight to the shops and get a packet of crisps and chocolate because they'd lost weight. There you go. And if you haven't lost, it's the same thing. because Exactly. So... <laughs> How do you win at it? I don't know. And, you know, funnily enough, I, when I started writing my book, I said, you know, my thing is it's not about the skills. And I wanted to have that as the title. And, you know, apparently you shouldn't have something negative in the title. And so it got changed. But seriously, who cares about the skills? If you work on your habits and you work on your mindset and that leads to eating better uh, because for me it's not eat less but it's eat better mm. and uh, uh, move more the scales will show that's a byproduct isn't it it's a byproduct I say that it's so funny you just shared about your book there and I was just coming on to that my first book that I wrote and put together of my life experience really was called life beyond scales just like you've just said um about I was so passionate about people stepping away from scale because you got so engrossed in that your mindset wasn't right as a result of stepping on scale constantly yes I do agree to what you measure does get progressed you know you have progress but I think there's got to be a, a system in how you do it and scales don't actually tell a story not to a woman especially because before our periods we're a different weight during our period we're a different weight so the reflection of the scales isn't quite what would you say about that so, I mean, I weigh my clients and measure them every four weeks. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't care what happens in, in, in between. Scale. Yeah, yeah. What I care about is what they do throughout those four weeks. Mm. That will lead them to weight loss. Um, it's one of those things, um, the scales just, it is nice to know that, they, that you know, the number goes down, definitely. But it doesn't empower you. It's something external mm. that affects the internal. Yes. As opposed to the other way around. So it has to come from the inside out. What you do will reflect on the scales. Yeah. It's not the scales that need to tell you what you should or shouldn't be doing. Yeah. So you're becoming slave to the scale almost. Because if it makes you might have a good day as a result of losing the couple of pounds or a bad day because you've done this. And if you've had a bad day, what are you going to do? And, and then the thing is, well, either is, starve or eat more. Yeah. Well, neither of them are right necessarily. And the scales don't always reflect immediately mm -hmm. what you've done. So I had people, you know, said, "Oh, I had a really awful week," and then they get on the scales, and you know, they got away with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then the following week, they were so to plan. And then, oh my God, I put on three pounds. How's that possible? I did everything I had to do and I put on three pounds. Well, what happened the week before? You know, exactly. Or, and their faith in you, they look at you and like, whatever you're telling me isn't working. <laughs> and it's one of those things which is why for me, it's take the skills away. Obviously, yes, track every four weeks, yeah. measure as well. Um, but if you're addicted to scales, would you say, put it somewhere where you're not reaching a year? Yeah, but your mindset is really getting a, a negative impact as a result of that so that's a really good point about I haven't talked about scales for a long time because I am like you I don't uh, encourage scales not all the time there is a tracking you know you can track yourself I, I believe in more photos and also the measuring because the measurements are much uh, more accurate than the scales 100% I mean you know you only need two bad night sleeps and the scales are going to go up oh really Wow. Oh, yeah. Massively. I have also, I noticed, I did a little experiment with myself. I had a takeaway the other day, purposely, because I know there's a lot of salt in it, isn't there? And then you retain water. Is that is that what you yeah, believe yeah. and agree with? Yeah. And uh, I stepped on scales. And I was like, I'm just going to do this purpose just to check. So I don't really weigh myself. And 
there was like 500 grams difference and I was like that's because and then day after I did it again gone so that's not fat loss is it <laughs> nothing to do with that this is what is happening in my body as a result of me putting my body through takeaway or whatever you know um, that you do in life and I very much believe in having takeaway yeah. once every now and then and eating while at least 75 to 80 percent now how do you what's your view on intermittent fasting um to be honest i have no real view about it okay except that it doesn't suit everyone's lifestyle yeah and so i personally for instance i have my days are different every day of the week not even the same day every week so it probably wouldn't wouldn't fit. work for yeah fit in your lifestyle so any diet that you do it doesn't matter which one it is I think if it fits within your lifestyle mm. and you can be consistent with it and not just for a week, two weeks or a month or, or six. Yeah. As long as it's the, it's a journey, not a destination. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's okay. You know, I mean, there is research saying that, you know, fasting is good for you uh, and it allows cellular health, health. Yeah. Food. So I'm not, yeah, I, if it fits your lifestyle, go for it. It's a way of restricting the amount of calories. Although I, you know, I have met a few people that do intermittent fasting and I still put weight on because I fasted for 16 hours. I can eat whatever I want now. Doesn't work like that, does it? Doesn't work like that neither. So, no. you know, if you do do it and you still look at what you're eating, make sure though you still have a balanced diet. Yeah. Which is important. Um, why not? Yeah, absolutely. Why do you think there is such a, when I see, when I get new clients, the, the vegetables, the intake of vegetables is so low. Really? Why is that the case? I think, well, first of all, it comes from uh, how you've been brought up. Mm. That's, I think, the first thing. Um, I see, especially in this country, in the UK, you know, except for peas, a bit of carrots and broccoli, um, people don't really know much more. Brussels sprout venture out yeah Brussels sprout that Christmas and that's yep. about it. that's absolutely very good reflection that we're at yeah you're right when you go out all you get is two pieces of leaves and a, and a, and a slice of tomato and that's your vegetable. it's like a little tick yeah it's called garnish isn't it yeah <laughs> I don't think anyone realizes what actually a portion of vegetable really is and 80 gram is way more than whatever. And if you need five of those, that's a hell of a lot of vegetables. Yep, 100%. You know, and again, I think people see weight loss and diets as eating salads. I'm not a big salad eater. Nor I am I. I love to chop vegetables as a snack or anything else, like carrots and, and radishes and all that kind of stuff. I love it, but I'm not a salad eater. But yeah, I think it's, it depends on how you grew up. Um, what is your view? I mean, did you grow up in this country? No, I grew up in Belgium. Ah, okay. So what is the, and it's really good that you, I, I grew up in Pakistan and my mother is Brazilian. So I had a very mixture of foods in our house. So she bought some of that culture in and my father. Although the food was fresh in Pakistan, the lack of vegetables are very apparent. And if they cooked it, they cooked it to death. And I talk a lot about how you don't cook, cook it. So there's no, nothing left in there. You might as well just have some leaves out of the garden, really. So um, my view is the reason why UK is uh, facing a high obesity crisis right now is because the education around it is very, very poor. So in school, I have two boys, um, age 15 and 11. Neither of them have ever come home and said something amazing about what they've, been, what they've learned in school, in particular with nutrition. Obviously, my, being my subject, I'm interested. Now, my son made pizza once, scone once, and I think another cakey type thing, right? Now, I, I know that there's been some basic education, but there is not enough. No wonder as adults, we get, I mean, the reason me and you know it, because this is our subject and we're interested in it. But if we weren't, we will still, we'll be the same as everybody else where we don't know how much vegetables to have. And, we're not and, encouraged, not shown, not educated around why we need them. Yeah. What's your view that, on that? I, I think that's very, very true. But also um, the fact that, you know, people work, adults work much longer hours. And when they, when they come home, convenience food 
is so much convenient than starting to cook from scratch. Now there's lots of ways around it, like batch cooking, putting the slow meal preps. Yeah, yeah. And you know, meal prep and all this kind of stuff that is something that you need to learn. But yeah, I'm not surprised at all. And uh, people say, oh, I've got you know fuzzy kids and they don't want to, they don't want to eat this, they don't want to do eat that. It's all about what you, you know, as a parent, especially of small kids, it's up to us to get kids to eat everything and anything. If you just give them, you know, chicken nuggets and pizza and, and fish fingers. That's what they're going to eat when they grow up, isn't it? Yeah. They grow up. You know, it's about, <laughs> yeah, I picked my nieces up from, from the school bus the, uh, two years ago and I parked in Waitrose. So I had to spend five quid to get free parking. And um, I, I'm like, oh my God, what are they going to ask? So we went into the shop and I said, okay, we have to spend five quid. What are we going to buy? And one said, can we have avocado? And the other one was, can we have strawberries? I'm like, oh my God. Oh my you. goodness, me. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> my sister-in-law is Italian. There's on the table, there's always three, four, mm. five uh, types of vegetables. And they only need to choose two. They can choose, but two, they have to have. It doesn't matter which ones. And there's no, no discussion about it amazing that's uh, and that's really good if you, if you can set those boundaries up from a very young age but also it also depends so <clears throat> if your sister-in-law coming from Italy maybe has had a, a great brought up in what uh, in the way that she has seen vegetables herself hence she's so passionate about them yeah. if you've been brought up with like you said a bit of carrots and a bit of peas you're yeah. going to struggle to then maybe give them to your kids but many parents are now aware uh, when they're babies that they give them much better quality food than themselves yeah, have you yeah. noticed that they're like oh I'm going to give every bit of vegetable to my child because I want them to be healthy but when they look at your own diet it's not so great and when your kids role model you and they become older yeah. I they're gonna to yeah it's yeah. like it's like uh, one of my clients was saying to her, her child you can't have the diet coke but she's having it herself it's really hard isn't it to tell the child that you can't have this but mum's it's okay for mum to have it immediately in your mind as a child you think why why this not good for her why is she having it that means she's having something bad you know and then you've started this relationship with food mm -hmm. what do you think about this many women have very poor relationship with food but actually the, to me the food is all good it's our behaviors towards food yeah. that needs to be questioned 100 you know there's no there's no bad food um obviously you know, this food that doesn't help you achieve your optimal health or weight or whatever. Um, but if once in a while you want to have cake or you want to have pizza. Go nut, yeah, go, go for it. it. <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong with that. The problem is when you have it every day yeah. or you have too much of it uh, or you binge on it or you, you can't stop thinking about it. And, but if you deprive yourself, then we all want things that we can't have. It's an Adam and Eve story, isn't it? Don't you think? It's from, it started then. The minute you're told, don't go to that fruit tree, she went straight, or they both went straight for that one. And, and this is why I think the diets don't work. Yeah. Because you're told don't have all the, all the things that you actually love, like Ben and Jerry's ice cream and the nachos, don't have any of that. And you're like, okay. But you start thinking about it constantly. But then you have other diets such as Slimming World and Weight Watchers where you have your sins and your, you know, you can have as much pasta or rice as whatever as you want. And that's the, you know, I'm thinking about it. But if you having sugar every day, because you can, because that's part of my sin. And I, I see people like, you know, preparing sin packs. Oh, my um, God. Sin packs. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, you know, you're never going to get over that rely, reliance of sugar. Mm. And we all know that sugar doesn't help. If you have a piece of cake or chocolate or whatever on the other occasion, it's fine, but don't have it every day. Mm. What would you say to women that really struggle with emotional eating? So they've got their meals really in good place. They're starting to move much better. They're working on their sleep, but there's still the emotional eating happening, still going into the kitchen because a habit has been built for years. What would you say? What would, tip could you give the women listening to this now? It's about breaking that cycle. So putting something in between 
that makes you stop, think, and then having a list of other ways of potentially dealing with that situation. Um, so for instance, if one of the things that you generally do is when you're in front of the TV or you had a bad day, I, I used when I had, when, even now when I have a bad day, I'm like, oh, I should go and buy some sweets. I'm a Haribo addict, by the way. Um, so I stop and I think, how is it going to make me feel? And just that, and I'm not saying that I'm successful every time. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. Just that, even if it helps me 90% of the times, that's already a big win. Absolutely. So you, I, be, I take it you don't bring it to the house. You only have, buy it. You make it hard for you by actually going to the shop. That's, oh, yeah. yeah. Because if it's in front of you, you're going to eat it, aren't you? That, that, that inhibition or that you lose that that this this point you've just exactly said think about how is this going to help you you've had a bad day is this bad day going to get better by eating this back probably a momentary relief is going to be given for sure but then what about your bigger goal that you had behind that and the thing is is after those five minutes of feeling better you'll feel worse than you were before so, but find other activities. One, I, one of my clients realized that obviously she knew she was eating too much uh, chocolate and the chocolate was in her drawer at, uh, at work. Mm. And she realized that every time she was sending something off to her clients, she used to open the drawer, take a bar of chocolate and eat it. So it's okay, once you send that email, what can you do? And she said, well, I can get up and go for a two-minute walk, come back, and then I'll have the email back. I said, okay. So it massively reduced her chocolate intake because she stopped and did something else. It could be what else will make you feel good that is not that food-related. Mm. Make a list. Once you have a list of 15 activities. Try them out. Try them out. Because you'll find some that they all stick. Yeah. But is this this little thing that you've just said, which is absolutely probably a, a million dollar answer, to be honest, people are resistant to try it. Mm. They look at you and say, really, is this going to work? And you think, yes, because what you have done so far hasn't worked. So damn it, just try this out because you've got to change your habits. This the habits are not if your, your breakfast is good, your lunch is good, your dinner is good, okay, your exercise is good, what are you going to do with this emotional eating that you've got it so close to you? And you're absolutely right. Make a list and try these things out. Um, and these, this is what their answer rely, lies in here, not on a diet. And again, it's not going to work all the time. Yes, accept that. Not, yeah. Don't be Sometimes hard. you're going to give in. Yeah. It's fine. You know, if, if you're really human, about 80 or 90%, you're on a winner. Yeah. And, and that the result lies in there. It really does. And I think I really hope that people resonate with what just Anna said. It's an absolutely million dollar answer here. The result lies in these little habits that you can break, but don't go all or nothing. Yeah. You know, people, our diet starts on Monday. What are you going to give up all your bad habits on a Monday? Really? Is that really going to happen? Because what happens on Tuesday, you even eating more because you're making up for Monday. And one of the things we have to remember as well is whatever we're eating serves a purpose. So if you eat a lot of bread or a lot of chocolate or a lot of sugar, it serves a purpose. So if you're going to remove it from your diet, you have to Replace. fulfill that purpose with something. some other way. Yeah. And that's one of the things where I'm going to cut out all the chocolate, all the bread, all the pasta and whatever. Okay. What are you going to replace it with? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And you're looking for, this is when people say, I'm not motivated and I haven't got the willpower. How can you expect yourself when you've cut everything out from your diet to then produce this, this word? I don't believe in willpower. I don't really believe in motivation either. I think taking action is a motivation and taking action will produce the willpower and small action that you don't fail. So if you're giving yourself massive actions, you're going to fail. You're not going to carry on doing this, are you anymore? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Fun. Your thoughts are so similar to mine and it's lovely to meet someone who can, 
uh, talk at that level, really, you know, because I'm so passionate about helping. If I can, if I can help someone and give this, this knowledge to them and they can put it in practice, they're going to, they will never need a diet. You know, they won't need to look for another shiny diet to, to throw a data and follow. And, and it's heartbreaking when you see people for 20 years, I've been part of a club, 30 years, I've been part of this. You have to question that you need something constantly to lean on. Versus yeah. looking at your own internal self. That's the thing, you know, those clubs are... Raking it in as a result of this. That's one thing. They're led by people who are not professionals. Mm. Haven't, you know, most of them haven't studied nutrition. They just did it themselves. and not. They, all- they don't look very healthy either. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, my goodness. There's a social aspect of it, which is... Yes, very- 100%. Yeah, people do like the at the end having a chat about the recipes. People love the food as well, don't they? What would you say to someone who's listening to this and wants to make a change? They are corporate background, professional woman who's really stuck in their ways. What would you say the first thing she needs to do? One of the things I always say is don't be shy to ask for help. Um, We're not superwoman. We're good at what we do. And we're not good at what we don't know how to, you know, we're not supposed to know everything about everything. So allow someone or something, be it following a book or or something, Mm. a system to help you and guide you along your journey and support you as well. That's the first thing. The second thing is um, take time out to really think about how you're going to do it consider it as another project which i call project me um and prioritize it in the same way as you do your work or other things so put your workouts in your diary put your shopping time in your diary Mm. put your cooking time in your diary put what, what you know one of the things that i do is I look at my diary and I know this morning I had to get up super early. So I make sure that I went to bed earlier as well. Mm. Work with your diary. If you are a professional person, you have a diary uh, with meetings and and everything in there as well. Just use that as the same tool for yourself and, you know, see if you decide that I'm going to go to the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday but then actually on Monday you have to be in the office a little bit earlier because you've got a meeting oh well I'm not going to go on Monday well could you go another time on Monday morning you know that Monday morning is there can you swap it around that week be flexible as well that's a really important point actually you just said my life completely changed when I got introduced to Google Calendar. So now if you look at my Google Calendar, it has things like meeting my sister at 5.30 at this exact pub. Uh, I have house cleaning up Friday at 4.30 to 5.30. It literally is laid out like that. And some of the, and I was renowned person that never kind of, if she said 4.30, she's never gonna be there. And also she might ditch me because she's double booked because she's, she's so busy. But since I got my calendar introduced to myself, uh, due to my husband, really, mainly, because he's very particular about his time. Oh, my God, my life has changed. And I I have gained respect from people because I show up. And I've gained respect for myself because I show up for myself. Mm. And that's made a massive difference. But what you've just said about if you're a professional woman, you already have a system in place. You follow the meetings, you're, you follow the deadlines. How about putting some of your things in there yeah. and treating it with the same respect, like a project me, you just said fantastic such a great great point is there anything else to add to that no I think that's that's, that's quite a lot already for... talk about your book you know you have your book out talk about your book for a bit um so last year about a year and a half I decided that you know I wanted to reach more people help more people yeah. and uh, support more people and um I decided to write a book where I laid all out uh, a lot of what we spoke about today yeah. Uh, plus more and I wanted to have it as a book that people can work through okay so a practical book 
lots of questions to answer. Um, so um, every, so this is a book, five oh, fantastic. releasing the review. And you have throughout the book, um, some exercises about the chapter with lots yeah. of different questions. So as you work through the book, by the end of it, you learn so much about yourself, but you have put in place already lots of, you know, what habits do I have? What habits don't I have? How can I organize myself better? How can I think better? Uh, what can I do exercise wise? Where do I need to improve and sleep and stress? Everything is in there. So it's kind of a workbook, but at the same time, you know, with lots of stories from my clients. Real clients, yeah, yeah. Read um, and um, if you work through it, you'd get results you get results uh, and how can they get hold of this book Anne? uh well it's on my website amazon um bookshops anywhere really fantastic so five steps step five. system to releasing real you so fantastic happy, confident happy and fulfilled i love it amazing it looks like you've poured your heart and soul into that book have, to, uh, down to every line in, in what you actually believe in because you believe if you read that you will get a result definitely yeah uh, especially if you apply the stuff that you read apply the stuff yeah so so do one th so read so the way to do this book really is to read it don't go to the next chapter don't go to the next page until you've answered the questions yeah. so and very much read it like that in the book as well there's a, a link to a page where you can download the a pdf which okay. the questions that are in the book so you okay. really have a workbook with it um, fantastic it, yeah and so who inspires you then who would you get inspired by? What, what are the names of the people in the same industry? Um, I actually get very inspired by athletes, actually. Okay. Uh, by Olympians. Um, I find, you know, their, their stories incredible. Um, and their commitment to achieve what... Is incredible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is incredible. The... the the, the dedication and the focus and everything. Now, obviously, it's to an extreme, mm -hmm. but I always ask myself, what can I learn from them? And when you hear their stories, you hear their stories about, you know, struggle, about, you know, obviously they, they've got this vision and they've got this excitement and they want to achieve, but the hard work that goes in there is incredible yeah. and the ups and downs along that journey as well. Mm -hmm. And as much as, you know, they might win the, it might just be that little bit of difference between winning, winning a medal and not. It's the journey that got there. And I think that's massively inspiring. That inspires you, yeah. You said you, you as a child, you played sport. You still play any sport? Uh, I do. So I, I, I'm a golfer. Golfer, yeah. Um, I, this year, I love walking. So every year I do a charity challenge. Uh, okay. Done one this year because unfortunately uh, the swim challenge got got cancelled. Um, but I do a yearly challenge because that forces me to be consistent with my workouts. So uh, okay, um, you know I climbed Kilimanjaro. I did uh, uh, sixty mile walks, uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, uh, ran the marathon, but all these things push me to be consistent with my, I know for myself that I can easily say, I'm not going to do it or something like that. Um, but there's also this year, I decided to walk every day. Okay. So uh, it, at the beginning of the year, it was a minimum of half an hour. Now I strive to do more. Okay. Um, but yeah. So, and so whatever the weather, you're out there. Whatever the weather I'm out there. Um, and unfortunately the last few days, the weather was awful. But yeah, I'll probably during this year, there were two days where I walked half an hour up and down my house. Oh my goodness. That is such dedication. You see, this is exactly what I was saying yesterday. If you, if you decide, you know, you can't use the weather as an excuse yeah. because actually you can either cover up and go out or you can actually do it in the house. You can, exactly. You can, you can stack up those steps. Absolutely. And you know what? If it's not steps, put some great music on, dance like a lunatic. Who cares? Exactly, who cares? Absolutely. 100%. Amazing. And thank you so much for being my 
weekly expert guest and you have blown my mind away with so many similarities that we have and what we believe in and I really hope we keep helping um, women uh, find uh, increase their self-esteem increase their self-confidence and like I said it's not about diet and like you said it's not about that it's about creating creating a change that you can sustain to and get those long-term results as well sorry didn't catch that I say that happy with yourself as well yeah very important that's what we do this all of it for don't we feeling empowered that you know you got control of your life mm. and uh, you know what to do yeah. brilliant thank you so much for being on our show and this will be out on podcast on Sunday now and how can people can they follow you on Facebook yeah they can I'm on Facebook Instagram uh, LinkedIn a bit of Twitter not much um, yeah Brilliant. We will add that all to the podcast um, on the show notes anyway. But thank you so much for being with us and have a great day. Thank Take you. Take care. Bye bye. Hey, everybody. This is Far again. I wanted to invite you to the best thing I've ever created inside the Deep Health community. It's a challenge and we call it the 30 Day Anti-Diet Challenge. Every professional woman is one challenge away from achieving the life where she can gain control over her health and her weight loss. I've created this challenge to help you lose up to 10 pounds in weight no matter where you are in your weight loss journey. This challenge is going to help you to understand why the diets you've tried in the past that haven't worked and why eating this way can revolutionize the the way you look at food and transform your body and create that ultimate success. I recommend highly you do this right now. Stop this video, pause it, go online and press the 30dayantidietchallenge.com and join the next challenge. The next challenge starts in few days.